<laughs> okay. Okay, I'm recording. One, two, two three, four. four. One, two, three, four. All right. I mean, you did it at exactly the same time as me, but... Oh, I was supposed to, right? Yeah, I'm sure. Whatever. Usually, it's like one person starts it, one, two, three, four, and then the second person joins in. Okay, do it again. <laughs> One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. All right. Nailed it. <laughs> I haven't synced in a while. Yeah. Well, I guess there's no latency, so you, you saw me conducting. Yes. <laughs> Which... <laughs> I know I caught on quickly in the first Yeah. <laughs> anyway. So what's up? It's uh, Wednesday. I know. We haven't... My dudes. We haven't potted in a while. <laughs> yeah, and everyone, it's Wednesday. We're, we're walking again through Greenpoint. We haven't done a on-the-road walking through Greenpoint until we... Since we went to a Scott show together like a year and a half ago. Yeah, uh, so it's going to take us maybe like 20 minutes to walk to the venue. I guess this is a lightning round. Want to play that theme song? Yeah. Oh, God, dude. People hate the lightning round Fs. <laughs> well, they're really going to hate this one. I know. Uh, all right. Welcome to Adventure Guys. I'm Eric the Human. I'm Nick the Human. The and uh, we're not talking about Adventure Time tonight. <laughs> yeah. Enjoy this uh, on-the-go audio quality. You can hear me stepping over greats. I'm going to do another one. So it's been a while since we podcasted because... The last time I said, hey, uh, are you free? Do you want to record an episode? You said, no, let's go to the movies and see Bo is Afraid. Yeah. <laughs> That's what happened. But, Eric, was that a bad choice? No, that was the perfect choice. Right? Um, we went into the movie. All I knew about the movie was that I asked a friend who saw it, and he said, all caps, it was insane. <laughs> yeah. And it was causing a lot of discussion on the internet. I, I like, may have watched a trailer, but there's no... I usually steer clear of trailers. I don't even know how a trailer could really even spoil a movie like this. It would be impossible. Impossible. Yeah. Uh, I went in totally cold. I had no idea about anything. Um, but, I mean, headline is I loved it. Yeah. <laughs> right off the bat, which for that you wouldn't think is a, a, a crazy way to just start a review, but it is. <laughs> people, after seeing this movie, people were like, what did you think? And I was like... It was, um, uh, like, I liked it, but it was, it, you know, you're like, I'm like stumbling over my words when I'm going to talk about it. I, too, really enjoyed it, and with the more time I've had to settle into it, the more I've enjoyed it, and the yeah. experience of having seen it, it's, the, it's the, a really crazy movie to even, like, try to talk about. I but. know, the, um, just the viewing itself was like such a roller coaster ride like there were moments of reprieve but mostly it's just like you're fucking like you're strapped in and you are going yeah and like, I, <laughs> I don't want to dissuade people from listening to this podcast but you should go i think going in cold and it's like going on a roller coaster but you don't even know what the track looks like <laughs> yeah. like you should do you should, it's roller coaster in the dark you should go in dark for this movie but but also you keep listening now or after something but that's exactly what it was like. Um, well, maybe we should get off of Manhattan. 
uh, at some point. Oh yeah, this is probably the fastest way to go, but it's also the noisiest. The noisiest, yeah. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Total roller coaster. So, and this is why my experience watching the movie and why I have a tough time doing it is that it starts off and immediately it lets you know what kind of movie you're in for, and that's going to be crazy. And what I mean by that is, like, it starts with a birth scene that's, like, really chaotic. Yeah. And then you're dropped into this world, and you're trying to figure out what's going on and what what the rules are, and you're getting curveballs, and it's, like, anxiety-inducing. Someone was asking, is it, like, Uncut Gems? I was like, yes, but imagine if it was more surreal and maybe even more anxiety-inducing. The movie that I found it most similar to and it's not like this movie at all but like it's not like any movie but the movie that i found the most connections to at least in my experience and like in in maybe deciphering some of the symbolism uh was enter the void have you seen that oh yes a long time ago holy shit yes that movie like makes you nauseous when you're watching it right and it's got a lot of the all the like weird the weird phallic horniness and i did not think about that movie like when I was thinking about um comparisons and I haven't heard anyone mention it because I did read a bunch of reviews and watch YouTube videos <laughs> no one mentioned it, but that's a really good one to, to bring up yeah also like three hour marathon of what the fuck is happening yes oh man that was a yeah and I mean that's one of the things just off the bat is the ambition and the scope and what Ari Aster was trying to do and actually accomplished is like you know, I think you and I have talked about this, like going for art in that way. And even if you like miss those swings or satisfying, like that Enter the Void, that was what made that movie so good. And this movie is, is like that. You're just like, holy shit. <laughs> yeah. They fucking did it. They made this movie. <laughs> and I've seen a lot of talk about that on the internet because this movie costs like 35 or $40 million to make. And it's like, how is a movie like this going to make its... <laughs> money back and how much, Ari, how much of that went to joaquin phoenix you think yeah that's a good question and they totally it, transformed yeah he was incredible but i even saw let's take a left i saw yeah. ari aster even kind of said this is that he had built up really good will after hereditary and midsummer where it was like those movies didn't cost a lot and they made a lot of movie and had a huge cultural impact so basically like when he got to do his next movie and now he can take the swing and get a big budget this is what he chose to do <laughs> yeah. and like this moment it's like who knows if a movie like this will get made again or will have a chance to but um yeah okay so the movie starts and it's it is anxiety inducing to the point where at the beginning it's funny and I'm into it, but it's also just like, holy shit, man. Like, I was almost like, I just want this to be over. Like, this part. Like, it just keeps right. getting like, worse. Like the, like, the first part of the first act yeah. is like, you're getting used to the world. And you're like, okay, I, like, this is funny, but it's also terrifying. And like, you're, just, you're like adjusting. Eric is afraid. <laughs> yeah. Eric is afraid. <laughs> you're like trying to figure out like, like, like how... how you're going to have to watch the rest of the movie. Like, you're understanding the lens that it's all going through. Mm-hmm. But then they kind of move away from all that. So it's like yes. you did all this, you're doing all this preparatory work in, like, the first 40 minutes, and then it all goes out the window. <laughs> yeah. And the rules keep changing. <laughs> yes. the, the, the tone changes. It, it, like, each... There's, like, distinct sections of this movie, too. Um, I didn't realize it, but I saw people talking about it. You know, it's kind of like the Odyssey. 
where it's like yes. different like, very, whole very Greek um, like mythology influence obviously the whole Oedipus shit oh yeah and then uh, yeah the the Odyssey there are like some direct references to hooey um, yeah so like the beginning it's, it's funny and it's going and shit man like it, it goes and it just keeps getting worse and worse and at that point in the movie you're kind of and it's really heightened and you're like I don't know if this is happening and w- what it comes out to I think is it's like a portrait of somebody living with anxiety and like if you have those feelings about like what's the worst thing that could happen what could go wrong and it's like really bad like debilitatingly bad so bad that you can't even live a normal life like I don't even know if Bo in this movie can hold down a job or have friends like I don't know what his daily life is like out because we, we, we catch him in sort of like a like a day where he's preparing to he's going to his therapist then he's going to go visit his mother it's not like a normal day in his life but right it's like a portrait of someone with anxiety it's like what's the worst thing that could happen in this situation and then it ha- and then it's even worse than you thought I think yeah, so ultimately, I mean, there's a lot of anxiety there, but I think it's a byproduct of what, like, the more foundational uh, theme of the movie is. Like, I think it's about guilt. Uh, um, and Ari yeah. Aster has said as much also, like, in his, you know, not being uh, particularly, uh, you know, useful in explaining the movie. Like, that's, like, as far as he would go. Yeah. Say, like, it's about guilt and... Um, I Okay, so when we came out of the movie, we talked a little bit about what we thought like it all meant. Yeah. And, and since then has your uh, idea of it developed at all because mine has. It's been it's been what? A, a week and a half? Yeah, 2 weeks? Week and a half. Um week and a half. Has has it developed? I mean, I think that anxiety take was part of it. I'm not, I'm not sure if I came, really even came to or tried to come to a really clear, like, this is what this movie is about. Like, part, because there's so much happens in it that I, I don't know if I've really parsed it all out, but I'd love your take and I can bounce off that. Okay, so I am going to agree that I think the premise is based in an abortion. Okay, this is this is um, this was a theory that my friend Nate Kotanch brought right. up after and, leaving, and he he said it like immediately after we got out, and I was like, that makes so much sense. And I'm not sure yeah. if I could have gotten there if he hadn't immediately said that, but like it's hard to tell. But I I agree with it a lot, but I think it's like a little bit deeper than that. Um, yeah. So the way... Yeah. Okay, go. The way that I see it is that the character Bo Mm -hmm. doesn't actually exist. Mm. This is a hypothetical, uh, you know, a fetus that is being considered whether to be aborted or not Mm -hmm. by the mother. And I think what what we're viewing as the movie is like a worst case scenario of like what a of what an unwanted pregnancy could result in Mm -hmm. and 
the opening scene, right, where it's like POV being born, uh, obviously, like, nobody has, like, a reliable point of view from that. Uh, so you know that, like, shit is already, like, out of whack. Yeah. But the, uh, the baby is dropped. Like, you call Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was. So, I think we that... We I wanted to confirm that, actually, after watching it, but I forgot to bring it up. Yeah, so they... Like, it's, like, the first thing that happens, like, you hear the mom, like, like, all distraught because, like, the baby dropped on the floor, mm-hmm. and it's not crying. Um, <laughs> yeah. And... I think what what this is is like the the mother is uh, considering like what if what if all these bad things happen like right, what if the what if I'm you know I'm not good enough or, or, or the kid doesn't love me enough and what if things start off with the baby gets dropped and, and, it, it, and it's brain damage right mm-hmm. and then and then uh, like what are all the terrible things that could happen with this kid that uh, that is that I broke, that doesn't love me, that I don't love. Like, so I think what we're seeing is the basically a construct of a construct. Like the the, the mother is imagining like the the opposite of like the perfect child. So then we're getting that construct seeing like their unreliable narrator version of like what a a weird messed up like (laughs) mentally unstable uh like child yeah so did you that's interesting do i have thoughts but i want you to keep i want you to finish did you get at any point the feeling that they were that Bo was in a mental institution not clearly he could have been and it would make sense I saw a theory on the internet especially in the second portion of the movie um, where he's with the family and that those could actually be like the doctor and the nurse Um, right and they're taking care of him and this is his weird view of it right that's that was the first indication yeah um, that I saw and then the next was in the whole, uh, pl- like, play in yeah. a play scene, like that whole area. Uh-huh. Um, there's, like, a bunch of people in the audience, and you start to get, like, uh, a little bit of an overview of, like, the people that could be in there with him. Sure. Um, and you see, like, this guy sit down. He's wearing a nice suit. Like, he doesn't belong. Like, he yeah. maybe just arrived. And he's like, why am I here? What am I doing here? Why am Right? Yeah. So, like, I kind of saw these moments where it's like, it seems like they are setting this up to be like, okay, he's in a mental institution, uh, like, surrounded by all these people that are, you know, through his, his lens of, of not understanding what's going on, like, and, like, you know, that would be, like, the entertainment that they brought in for the day, they're doing, like, some play or whatever, um, and I was like, this would be disappointing yeah. if this is how it all uh, turned out to be like I, I hope that they don't do that it seems like it would be cheap seems a little too yes. easy um, but I I think not have the same impact right should they have done that but I think we wouldn't even be t- I don't think we'd even be talking about it on the podcast had they done that right I, I think it is happening to an extent but after another layer of removal yeah so I think like 
the mom is imagining, inventing this character of Bo. Okay. And then Bo is fucked up because it's her fault or what, for a bunch of different reasons. Mm-hmm. So now we are getting the imaginary character's point of view, and that point of view is unreliable and fucked up. Mm-hmm. So we're seeing like, like the second layer of something that doesn't exist. Mm. And wait, okay, so we just say that one more time. So, because my mind started just going. Uh, <laughs> so, okay. That, I understand the layer. It's the mom's invented fantasy of what could happen. Then what's the next layer removed? This, this is like the, the, the mentally unwell yeah. character of Bo. This is what that imaginary character is seeing and experiencing. Oh. Okay, now that layer of it could add some version in which it works better for me. I will say, just, I wanted, I want to talk specifically about your thing. I think for me, when it comes to me, I, this also just has to do with how my brain works and how I like to enjoy things or anything about things, is like, I don't know if there is just such a clear explanation for the movie. Like, I think it's a lot of jumbled up bits where like what you're saying could be part of it in scenes. I think there are scenes or where it's almost like from a different perspective and it's like different things coming. I I don't think there's like one clear explanation to the movie or at least in my mind, but I really enjoy what you're saying and that there could be what, what kind of throws me a bit on it and maybe your thing helps uh, explain it. But what throws me is the mother's behavior. Because the mother's behavior towards Bo doesn't fully like align with that because the way she treats Bo is so fu- <laughs> fucked up right. well- and manipulative and possessive and uncompassionate. Now, I understand that this could be a manifestation of her not giving a shit about the child but it like it's really weird like it, you know what i mean like, like that, she wouldn't be portraying herself that way in this in, in, this in her in her own and, fantasy and of i don't it. i don't think see this is why i think it's removed by an extra layer right. i don't think we get any of the mother's actual feelings viewpoints right any i don't I think i think that's all gone that's I think, where that comes in yeah. but, but like she does some really weird stuff in the movie where like basically there's a whole part where you know she's dead spoilers she dies like pretty early in the movie and this character is obviously dependent on her he's she's psychologically damaged him oh we went too far down didn't we uh maybe i think so i'm now i almost want to look at the map but we're recording <laughs> um but but yeah she does these like really damaging things and to me like and this is where like this was almost like a cartoonish exaggerated version of what a, a a maternal or paternal relationship of this kind could look like or feel like to a person and especially a person with extreme anxiety and it's like a self-fulfilling thing where it's like if you're raised in a certain way that's fucked because <laughs> like with this mother with the father who died and now she's lost her partner because of you and you're there and she's like wrapped up in her career 
and all these things so then it fucks up your development you have all this anxiety and dependencies and then you grow up you're trying to get space and she keeps guilting you and this is like the foundation of your relationship and it's caused you developmental issues as well as going through and it's like an exploration of that kind of a relationship and that part of it to me like this could fit within your thing but to me that that sort of stands on its own to me it like that whole experience and theme could be divorced from this being a thing or him be like being a uh, fantasy or him being in a mental institution or anything and it's like and there's other themes just like that that are surging through this movie and i almost feel like it's like a, an amalgamation of a bunch of different themes which you get to like the but with that being the center of it and they're done in these outlandish cartoonish ways that evoke a feeling and then he's smashing them together that's this way. wait is it this way yeah is that kingsland oh okay i thought that was new okay what what do you think about what i'm saying yeah, I mean, I, I think the, the structure doesn't necessarily matter as much yeah. as uh, it, it is sort of a pastiche of, of these moments that yeah. that build to those themes. Yeah. Um, because things are happening to Bo more than he's doing things, which is also very interesting. You know, like... And if that were to be true, where it was this manifested version of of what you're saying, it's like he might be taking actions that don't line up or don't make sense. But in, in large part, he's doing his best and like me in the same situations might approach many of them the same. But then the reaction of the world and specifically his mother on him are just so weird and fucked and warped. You know what I mean? See, I think I think this is where it's unre- the unreliable narrator yes. of an imaginary oh. character comes in yeah. because I well, I think uh, it's uh, a defense me- mechanism to distort the world's oh. reactions to to, to be so fucking awful. Yes. Because well, in reality, I think this character could be just feeling guilt about his own inaction and then yes. makes up a scenario that's beyond uh, and it lets him off the hook for right. having done. Now that I can get down with, and and to me. That the unreliable narrator piece of it and all that completely stands. Um, whether or not it's this <laughs> abortion oh fantasy or in a mental hospital or it's just a fucked up world. Like, you know what I mean? Like, if it, it could be anything, and I think that is a big right there to me. Like, th- that's just like that's that's sort of it, I think. Like, kind of like you could agree, you could look at all these different possibilities and, and agree there. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. The thing that the thing that really solidifies solidifies the like the, the abortion part of it for me is that at the end he goes back into the womb and then dies. Uh-huh. And I don't know why that would be necessary if not for an abortion. Mhm. Yeah. I think it could just be a complete the whole thing could also just be a complete fantasy story that's written really about the ways that we're raised. It fucks us up, causes us to live, and how you go on this journey, but the, it all roots back and the, the problems were birthed and end <laughs> there. 
You know, it's like Bo was like trying, like trying to see a therapist, trying to establish certain boundaries, all these things. But inevitably, the pain from the mother and his raising comes back <laughs> to him. Um, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but I, I think we're, we're still there. we're still south one okay. one, one block. This is a. Uh, yeah, we need to go on Norman. Okay. Um. Yeah. So I. It's it's very interesting. This whole. This, there, yeah. So uh, for whatever it may or may not mean, I think we yeah. sort of get like the we, gist of like the we, themes, the it's themes like, and the feelings. Whether like the feeling. That's what's so important about it, is like it, this movie really like taps into like an emotional core in a way that's like very relatable even yeah. though it's so fucking bizarre yeah. it's like you understand exactly the emotional depth of what's going on yeah <laughs> which is interesting I had heard I saw one YouTuber say if you haven't experienced real kind of crazy anxiety or been in that headspace or like there might not be a lot in this movie for you I don't think that's huh. necessarily well, true you know I did hear a lot of people in the theater laughing and laughing in a way that like Suggested mockery rather than like, oh, wow, this is this is bizarre and amazing and and surreal. Yeah. Like, did you did you get that from some of the other people? Like their reactions in the theater, like they weren't quite like. I mean, this is like very, uh, I guess, judgmental of me to like analyze <laughs> the way someone else was laughing, well, but just like the moments that they were choosing and like the way that they sounded, it didn't seem like they were quite mm. they were quite getting the uh, severity the emotional as, yeah. severity of it or connecting in an empathetic way right because i was for sure but i that's 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 something i heard another um podcast i mean there I, were moments that were legitimately comedic and yeah. and hilarious yeah nathan lane oh Mwah, he's so I, funny i love but, nathan lane. but specifically i saw i was listening to the ringer podcast and this guy's sean fantasy who i like he was but he was kind of talking like he was like i found that first act very funny like hilarious like like just like awesome and i was like i hear you i was like the way he's talking about it was a little knowing like i feel like he wanted to broadcast that he was in on the joke that this is supposed to be fun you know what i mean like right. which is like a little like all right dude we know yeah you're you're a movie guy you know what's going on that that whole first act i it, yes it was funny but i don't think it was like necessarily the laugh out loud funny that some of the people in the theater were experiencing it as like I think it's more like, huh? That's amusing. Yeah. Like I, I see where this is about to go. Like let's I, let's strap in now. You know. I really know what you're talking about, and yeah, I can relate to that. I've had things where like <laughs> this is a hard thing to say correctly, uh, but like I, I there's friends of mine I talk to who are just seem really well-adjusted or have like a really great life or I think have also just lived a really great life through now. You know what I mean? Like no real hardships where it's like an easy life, an easy yeah. life. And I will tell them things that are either big victories for me, other friends, family, whatever. And they respond to it very mildly. I tell them about bad things going on. They respond to it very mildly. And sometimes I go like, do you understand like, the severity of <laughs> what I'm telling you right now. And I kind of feel like, I don't know if you've ever felt the sort of yin and yang of what this means. Like, oh, no, a, a big, you know what I mean? Where it's like, you talk about, I'm like, that's like a big victory for someone, but they like don't understand. 
It's not right. clicking that's a big victory or a big deal. They're sort of like, oh, that's cool, man. I'm like, no, no, no. This is like yeah, a I, big life moment. Or maybe similarly, you go, it goes, something's bad. And they, I don't know if they've realized how bad that can feel. And I've probably been really guilty. I know I've been guilty of, of other things of that nature. So I, I don't mean to cast aspersions yeah, on I mean, So maybe I am taking for granted how... Uh, how easily I was able to connect with the emotional <laughs> content in, in in not considering how fucked up I actually am. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but have you ever had that experience when you talk to somebody? Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. It's like a fundamental part. Especially since moving to Brooklyn. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, that's, you know, kind of what I'm talking about. Um, and it's not like I've lived objectively our hard life, but I feel like I can maybe tap into some of it. I don't know. It's weird. Um but that's all to say I know what you're talking about. I think that could be interesting in how you interact with the movie. Um, and and it, it is a visceral experience. And I think the, that the emotion of it and how much you feel it is what sets it apart from other movies of this type. A movie I thought a bunch about is Mother by Darren Aronofsky. Oh, you know what? I started watching it. I got like 20 minutes in and I was like, I'm not prepared for the totality of this. I have to come back to it. And I, I never got the opportunity to because I was just like, I don't know if I'm ready. Yeah, it's completely his version of this movie where he had one done Black Swan or whatever one of thing. He makes this insane art movie that's an allegory for like motherhood and how and it's like a vessel for how we treat the earth and it's with Jennifer Lawrence and it gets real yeah. su- surreal, it gets real biblical. And but at the end is there no score? Is that correct in oof, the whole movie? I think that's true. Um, I saw. Actually, went on a first date and saw that movie, which was like an insane. Oh my gosh! Movie. But um, Jeff and Chris uh, reviewed that on an episode of Back to the Island, I think. It, that there's, was. There's our difference. Oh, nice! It was a very similarly divisive movie, but I left. Didn't leave it like this movie. You just scratch your head, but going like. You know what? Ultimately, I enjoyed that ride. That movie was sort of like, I think that was kind of bad. And it like, I don't know if it made its point. Like that was a movie that really felt like it had a point that you were going to connect with. This movie doesn't necessarily, but it's there. And also, the um, that movie, well, I, again, I love the ambitious swing. It didn't have the emotional-ness. Yeah. This feeling that we're talking about in, in it. Um, you know, so I think that is the thing that ultimately helps make this movie like work. Yeah, it's a it's a jumbled mess, but it does make you feel something, you know. Yeah. We just got to the Kingsland, where the show is. We never talked about. It. We're going to see Hans oh, yeah. Gruber and the Diehards. Good friends from Texas, Hans Gruber and the Diehards. They uh, they're in the middle of like a month and a half long tour, almost two months, I think maybe. Uh, I played with them. Like earlier on this tour out on Long Island, that was like a month ago. Yeah. Shit. So yeah, they're they're coming back around again. Um, we're we're in Greenpoint, uh, playing with the Funk Crust Brass Band. Mm. Have you heard of them? No. They showed up at the last time Crazy in the Brains played at Vitus. Like yeah. just they did like the last few songs with them. It's like oh yeah, now there's a brass band on stage. Wow. <laughs> cool. We're looking forward to it. Um, we probably would have kept going on, on Bones Afraid. That's also a, a natural place to stop. Yeah. 
there's I mean yeah we'll just go on forever I mean I, I feel like I, I want to watch it more like I want to see it again yeah it's definitely a movie I feel like I'll probably see again in my life but like not for a few years and that might be okay it's kind of like like I'm, I don't know, like watching a David Lynch movie where it's like you don't want to watch it all the time or back. Oh yeah, to back. We, we compared it to Eraserhead coming out of the theater. Yeah, just like the way that makes you feel. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're, some of the most strongly emotionally resonant movies are those that don't have like a reliable structure. Yeah, <laughs> I guess that's sort of like the postmodern kind of thing yeah. working its magic. But well, it's like if you can re- relinquish your control on quote unquote figuring it out or understanding the rules and all of a sudden you're just like you give up and you're in it <laughs> yeah which Bo does and Lynch does like that's a really cool movie viewing experience if you can get to that place so alright cool well, let's go see some Scott Core. yeah uh...